The first years is brought to you by Golden Harvest. Golden Harvest, rooted in genetics, agronomy, and service. This is The First Years, a podcast about the unicorns of American agriculture, first-generation farmers, and the guts, grit, determination, and business prowess required to be one. All right, well, welcome to this episode of The First Years. Today, I'm excited to have Tyler Hedge on the show. Tyler is a farmer from Indiana. Tell us about your farm, Tyler. Well, we farm about 500 acres here in uh, West Central Indiana, just south of Lafayette, a town called Crawfordsville. And uh, I farm with with my wife. And uh, then we do, uh, we just kind of transformed this fall to where we do uh, a lot of custom work. I used to uh, work for another individual on his farm and, and now I just, and primarily doing custom work for him. Cool. So you are a unique farmer because you did not grow up on a farm. Tell me about your childhood. So uh, I grew up just south of Crawfordsville, just outside of town. And uh, my dad had, uh, he's got eight acres. And before I was born, he used to kind of farm it himself. But uh, I don't know. I always just grew up loving tractors and combines. And he rented that field. And I'd go ride with the guy, you know, and then right across the road, um, there was a fairly good sized farm and, uh, I just sit on the end posts, uh, of the pasture we had and sit and watch him go back and forth. And I don't know, I just always loved it as a kid. When I was little, I was obsessed with it, with tractors and trucks and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, it just kind of resonated from there. So you just knew that you wanted to be a farmer, but did you start farming right away after high school or how did that work for you? So uh, I worked for, um, I was in 4-H and I, I uh, the only thing I did was tractor driving in 4-H and, and I don't know if they have that everywhere, but in Indiana they have tractor driving where you back a trailer through a course and then back a wagon when you're in the senior division. And uh, so I worked for the group leader um, had a farm and I started working for him when I was 12 get off the school bus there and you know drilled beans and you know nothing big you know but uh, and then through I worked for him all the way through high school um, so then when I uh, I was in high school um, I was dating my wife we, we dated from junior high on and uh, she was going to college and uh, I wasn't sure I wanted to go to college, but I was, was in the diner one day talking to one of the older farmers, and he says, you might as well go to college. He says, nobody takes you serious till you're 30 anyway, so you might as well be a dumb kid. So I was like, well, well that actually makes more sense than anything I've heard. So um, I went to uh, Indiana State University, because that's where she went. Not really any other reason why, but uh, – <laughs> and. Uh, I studied construction management because I thought I didn't think I'd ever have a chance to farm. So I thought, well, I'll go into excavating. So um, I've I've got a four-year degree in construction management. And uh, I worked one summer for a road contractor. um, And uh, that's about all the construction I've ever really worked. (laughs) So uh, I started, 
after high school, between like during college, uh, I started working for uh, my my farming partner now, uh, David Davidson, and uh, just kind of showed up in his barnyard one day and asked him if he needed help and started uh, working for him. Um, and then sometime while I was in college, you know, they only farmed 960 acres, him and his dad. And uh, his dad was 75 and he was, I don't know, 55 at the time. And he's like, man, I, I can't do this all by myself. I don't want to do it all by myself. Would you come work for me full time after college? And he said, I will transition to where I farm less, you farm more. And I said, yeah, that sounds good to me. So he actually had a Pioneer seed dealership. And so I started selling seed with him, which I'm from the area. So I know a lot of farmers around here. And uh, started selling seed and, and uh, his farm grew. He rented some more acres. And uh, one of the farms that he rented uh, was the farm right across from the house where I grew up. The guy that I watched going fence post to fence post rented us that farm uh i still farm that farm today david let me have uh 20 acres of it to farm with the, the 50 50 landlord and uh now we farm the whole farm together which is 280 acres and uh right across the road from my my parents house that's kind of how i got started um and i've rented some acres since then i i bought a planter a few years ago and he paid me to plant i bought a sprayer he paid me to spray and so just this fall i bought the combine and the heads and i'm buying the, the semis and grain cart off of him so he's he doesn't own he owns very little of the machinery now and i own it all and he pays me a custom rate to do it so that's kind of how it morphed into what it is today so I want to pause there for a minute because I think for farmers listening, um, it can seem overwhelming, particularly when you're getting into the business of farming, of how to figure out, you know, land to rent and equipment to buy. And I think that the model that you and your partner um, used is a really interesting one, right? So you started out working for him. And then you just slowly started taking over his business and um, purchasing his assets from him. Is that something that you um, talked to him a lot about? Or how did that become what it is? Like, how did that become the strategy? So it, it uh, we weren't really sure how to do it. And I'm not going to tell you that it was the right way to do it. But it seems to have worked okay. Um, it's not without its headaches, um, and it's not without uh, confrontation because it was a little difficult to work through. You know, there was times where um, I wanted to be growing faster, and there was times where he wanted to get out sooner, um, and it just couldn't line up. And things kind of worked out this fall, but uh, you know, like for instance, when the planter came up, I was really wanting to upgrade to a bulk fill planter. Um, and you know, we just had a Kinsey finger pickup box planter and, uh, he, he never really planted corn. Um, his dad planted corn. And then when, when his dad was done farming, 
he said, well, here you go. You can, you can plant it all. So I always planted the corn and I really wanted to upgrade planters and he wasn't all about it. So mm. when he traded compromise, he just traded that planter in. He said, you can buy what you want and I'll just pay you eight fifty an acre and you can pull with my tra- tractor. So, um, it worked out well. It has worked out well. Cause that, that was about four years ago. Um, and about six years ago, I bought a sprayer. Um, he'd always paid the co-op to do it. And I was saying, you know, this is a, a high ROI piece of equipment. And he said, well, why don't you just, uh, you know, why don't you just take the, the, the payment then? So that's kind of what we did. And it, it's worked out pretty well, I guess. So, um, but I don't know, I don't know of many people doing that, but it, I mean, it, it, uh, it was because he had acres to run equipment across mm-hmm. that it made sense, you know? Yeah. Well, the the one thing that I'm learning in interviewing um, so many beginning farmers is that there's no one right way to do it. So a lot of times guys won't have enough land to justify buying equipment. So they'll do custom farming work. Like you said, um, you know, once you are able to purchase that land and to maximize the efficiency of owning that equipment, they're, doing some custom farming business. So can you speak a little bit to that, just about like why you decided to go into some custom farming and um, how you found your clients? So really my, my main client is, is him, is David. Um, so he has about uh, 1,400 acres and I've got about 500 acres. And so um, I, I would take on more custom work, but uh, I, I run a, I run a pretty lean crew. Um, my dad um, was a he. He never really farmed except that eight acres that he piddled with before I was born, and um, so he he was a home inspector. And we kind of talked about you know we needed a third truck in the operation, so um, he quit his job and bought a semi, and we're kind of in a small trucking business together. And so um, he hauls. For other guys commercially and then when i need him in the spring and the fall he parks the truck and comes and helps me so for the most part uh, we farmed 2,000 acres together just the two of us my dad and i um and then because uh, david doesn't really do the field work he's pretty busy with with uh, seed sales so um and then i have a couple guys that come after three o'clock and so i mean we would take on more custom work but i'd we'd have to figure out a labor situation because it, it works pretty well with what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of, I mean, and, and for the most part, like planning, spraying, um, I work by myself for the most part. So, um, and I mean, like I said, I, it, it's worked out pretty well because David had a, you know, a good number of acres uh, in his control. I mean, he, his family owns a, a fair amount of ground and then he rents a few farms. Um, but, um, we don't have the latest model equipment, but it's pretty nice equipment. We'll continue this conversation with Tyler Hedge after this quick break. Every American farmer works hard. It's a given. And at Golden Harvest Seeds, we believe that seed performance should be a given too. We're rooted in genetics, agronomy, and service to help you deliver a better performance in each of your fields. Your success is our success, so put us to work for you. 
Visit GoldenHarvestSeeds.com or contact your local Golden Harvest Seed Advisor. And let's get started. I'm Annalisa and I'm talking today with Tyler Hedge. Tyler, I'm curious to know the worst advice you've ever received. The worst advice I've ever received. Jump in both feet. <laughs> uh, yeah. so I, I had I had one guy to just jump in both feet. If you really want to do it, you'll figure it out. Well, I'm not saying that there's not some truth to that, but uh, you know, it was you kinda had to walk and if I have a downfall, it's that I'm not patient enough. Um, you know, I, I want to, I want to grow. I want to farm more. I want to do more things, diversify, and, uh, really need to walk and not run into a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that can be, um, a challenge. I, I'm not a very patient person either. Um, my family will definitely tell you that, but I think that can be one of the challenges, right? So, you know, one thing we've talked about, my husband and I, in our farming business, is that sometimes the greater challenge is staying the same, opposed to, to trying to grow, right? Because when you're an impatient person, you want the next thing now, and that's not always the right thing. Yeah, I had a guy tell me one time, if you're not growing, you're dying. And uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. Like you said, sometimes it's, it's the sustainability of staying the same size that uh like like you said is a challenge Mm -hmm. one question that i have um that i think i might ask on these podcast episodes towards the end of the year um just as we're looking toward 2019 but what is one goal for your business next year well a financial goal is to increase increase and maintain working capital in these you know that's that's the I work with farm credit and that's, that's one thing they're always on you about is your working capital and uh, trying to, to manage that, you know, while obtaining new assets and growing the business and still maintaining your working capital is, is really what my main goal is going forward. And fortunately, uh, one big boost we're going to have here is we had a, a pretty good crop. We are pretty fortunate. Corn yields ended up being as good or if not a little better than last year. So, and, uh, I goofed up and sold enough. <laughs> so I feel pretty fortunate right now. Well, that's good. That, I think that's a good goal to have. I've heard several economists saying that, you know, if you want to survive to 2020, working capital is going to be the key. That's a really good goal. One thing I'm curious about, as you started transitioning into farming, did you continue to work off the farm? When we graduated college, we graduated one Saturday, we, we signed uh, on the closing on our house the next Friday, which is a, a house that was um, part of the, the farm here. Um, so I live right across the road from the shop. And uh, <laughs> uh, we went to our rehearsal dinner. We were married Saturday, and by Sunday we were on the honeymoon. So um, we were. it went kind of fast there. Um, so my first week back after after graduating and honeymoon was right, right to the farm. Uh, working, working for David and selling seed. Um, that's been primarily my, uh, uh off farm job. I've kind of slowed my role in that, um, this year so that the, as I grew in the farming, um, you know, Dave, David took on another salesman. And so I'm not, I'm just dealing with a select few customers still, but otherwise, no, I've been very fortunate that I've been able to farm full time in some capacity. I mean, I 
haven't really had an in-town job per se. If you were to give advice for a, a first-generation farmer that was hoping to get into the business um, in terms of how to do it, I mean, obviously the way that you did it is pretty unique, but do you have any other advice for them? Surround yourself with supportive people. I mean, that's been a huge, huge thing for for me. Um, not only David, but uh, my wife. My wife's a huge part of what we do here. She uh, she works in town. She's got a job with insurance. She's a special education teacher. Uh, we've got two kids, and uh, you know I work long hours, and she she takes care of the kids. She brings us food to the field. Um, the guys, they, we eat dinner in the field every night and it's not fast food. She brings us food. Um, my parents have been huge in helping me. Uh, my mom's a bookkeeper for a fairly large operation just across the state line in Illinois. So she helps me with my book work. My dad's been trucking. And then I've got uh, good guys that I've sold seed to, older guys that have really help me guidance wise, you know, uh, I've got several mentors, I'd say, um, you know, they tell you about their, their struggles through the eighties and, and things like that. That's always something that's really fascinated me is trying to avoid the issues that they had. I, I, I can think about five guys in their fifties or sixties that I could call on any occasion with a question, you know, how would you look at this or how would you do that? I mean, I think it's, you know, for guys that grew up farming, they had their dad or their grandpa, but I don't really have that. So, um, like I said, I, I feel like I've got a pretty good um, group of mentors that any anything I wanted to ask about, they would be more than willing to share with me and help me. I think that's another topic that keeps coming up in these interviews is the importance of mentors. How would you recommend people identify those mentors and then build relationships with them? That's a good question. And, and fortunately, you know, I was in the seed business. So I was building a relationship with these guys anyway, when we were selling seed. Mm -hmm. So, but it was kind of interesting. I, like one guy um, that I talked to quite often, you know, um, he, he went broke in the eighties and he, and he came back, you know, and, and he owns 960 acres now. Um, and another guy um, that I talked talk with really closely um he's about 60 years old and and he started he's a first generation farmer that started in 1985 um and uh and he he farms a fair amount now and and he owns quite a bit of it he's been very successful um and that's you know it's kind of nice that i i can talk to a guy that he's failed and got back up once and another guy that kind of took off running i mean he no doubt had struggles along the way, but he started at absolute zero at one of the worst times in farming and, and has been very successful at it. So you credit um, just doing business with them to building relationships with them. Yeah. Walking and talking as yeah. my mom says, you know, just, uh, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time at coffee shops, but uh, it was kind of nice, you know, with, with, with seed, you had a reason to stop in and, and talk to a guy and build a relationship. And, mm -hmm. And uh, you can learn a lot by staying at the tailgate in some guy's barnyard, you know, mm -hmm. and just listening. 
Very cool. Well, the one question that I ask on every episode of the podcast is, um, to what do you credit your success? Do you think that it's business acumen or do you think that it's lucky timing maybe? One thing that I've always said um, that maybe sets me apart from somebody else is that I wanted to do this so bad since I was a kid that even if I'm not making money, as long as the bank will let me do it next year, I'll do it again. Uh, we had a pretty rough fall this fall with breakdowns, had a lot of trouble. Um, first year, I, I, I owned the combine and I had three major breakdowns. And, uh, and my dad said, well, you could be working road construction. And, no, no, it still beats, still beats that doing this, you know. And, <laughs> and that's what probably, you know, my passion for agriculture and farming, uh, that's probably my biggest, my biggest thing is that, I mean, I can, I just want to do it so bad that yeah, I, I'll do it when it's hard. And like I said, that's, I can attribute a lot of that to, uh, to my, my, my crew, if you want to call it that, my parents, my, my wife, you know, uh, she wants it just as bad as I do. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's, that's huge. You know, not everybody has a supporting cast like that. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. That is, that is a big, big help. Well, thank you for taking the time today. Yeah, no problem. Until next week, guys, that was this week's episode of The First Years. The First Years is brought to you by Golden Harvest. Golden Harvest, rooted in genetics, agronomy, and service.